Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Design Chat with Josh. I am your host, Josh Reach, and in this podcast about everything design-related, we are going to talk about research and how important it is to us as designers. This is both visual but mainly product-related design, and why we need research, when you should be doing research, and how often you should be doing it, and also what you should be doing with your research after you've gathered it. Because it's one thing to gather the research, it's another thing entirely to actually share it and then take action on it. So let's get started. Now I'll admit that I am still fairly new to the product design research realm. Uh, but there is a lot of crossover between visual and product but it, the biggest thing is the importance of, of research in the product design world and when you're designing products when you're designing experiences whether it be ux when you're designing uh, interfaces it, it, there is essential research that has to happen at the beginning of the life cycle of a product and I know a lot of us, we kind of think of this and we're like, yeah, okay, yeah, obviously, you know, research is important up front, but it follows through. And, and to me, I kind of categorize the testing that's done as well in the product world as more research. I mean, you're just ultimately researching your very own product, but it's still research. You're still gathering information and data and you kind of analyze it in a similar way and you act upon it on a similar way. Uh, so. The big question is, I guess, why do we need research? Uh, it should be obvious, but I'll, we'll talk about that for a minute. And then, uh, do we do it enough? You know, is, is it enough what we're doing? And I honestly don't think, you know, it's, at least for me, it hasn't never been enough. And it starts off before you really even create a product. There is that research phase on the market and on the consumer and on uh, whether or not you should be working on a certain product or a certain feature because there may not be a demand for it and it may not be the solution to a problem or something that you're trying to solve so you have to do that research up front to me this is really the the biggest part of the research that that needs to be done um, and so this can be in many different ways. A lot of times, and from my experiences, it's been held outside of the designer world, especially when it comes to like marketing design. Especially that that research ends up being done separately from creative. A lot of times, uh, say say for instance, a marketing campaign, okay, and doing the research on a certain demographic that the campaign is targeting. Designers are often left out of that phase when it, when it comes to that world. And I think that's kind of a big mistake. And I've found ways to combat that, by the way. So in this early stage of research, if you can't get in there, even as a product designer, if you can't get into the beginning research of something, a lot of times we'll catch wind of a project before it even comes to us. We may hear about it. It may never come to us, but we hear about it anyway. And if you carve out some time to really be proactive and just conduct your own research, at least just market research, we all have access to the internet. We all know how to properly use the internet. I would hope so at least. And you can conduct research on your own. If, you're, if it's a product or something for a certain group of people 
and you know personally that you know some people that fit that demographic then you can do your own in-person kind of uh, interview style research on that product or maybe a need or something of, of that sort with those people that you're connected to so just kind of be proactive and i've done this a few times where i'll hear about something i'll hear about a campaign or i'll hear about a product and this is before i even started working in the product world i'd hear about a product and i'd start doing research on it on my own time sometimes you know obviously we we don't always have the luxury of doing it on the company time uh, but uh you know being able to do your own research and kind of get ahead of the curve so that if you are brought into this as a designer if you are brought into this product or this campaign as a designer you'll be able to come to the table with your own kind of foundation to begin with to at least get started so that you're bringing something to the table from the beginning uh, and, and a few times i've done this it's really it plays to your advantage as a designer because they don't start to look at you as just a pretty maker or just you know just do this stay in this little bubble of a designer and and that's it that's all we need you for they start to realize that oh you're a little bit more knowledgeable uh, and you know a little bit more than we expected, maybe we should start bringing you in earlier on in the process. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so, so this beginning research phase, though, is, is key, though, because you may, you know, do your own research. I've done this in one case where I started, I knew that a project was starting. I had nothing to do with it. I was never going to be involved in it. And I started doing my own research on the market. I started doing my own research on that, that demographic of, of users. And I realized that the product that was being proposed was not really needed. And it was not really, from what I was seeing, there wasn't a demand for it. So I began to question, why were we even doing this? Now, the trick is, okay, you've heard about this project. You've maybe conducted your own research. Maybe you organize it and you put it together and you, you, you know, share, uh, or you at least create something that's shareable, but how do you share it? How do you share it without crossing that line? And the way I look at it is you start with your own leadership, you start with your own boss, you share it with them, gauge them, see what they think, if it's worth going to the team that's working on this certain project or process or not. Um, your boss you know, and that leadership will generally know how to approach it or if you even should, um, or even if it's worth the time. There's been times when I've kind of thought of some ideas or done my own beginning research on something that I wasn't really involved in and found out that eh, that really wasn't probably worth getting involved in that because the project probably wasn't going to go through and it didn't. Um, it was just kind of in that ideation research phase to begin with. Uh, but anyway, as, as a designer, I know a lot of us designers, we just kind of chomp at the bit, especially when we catch wind of a new product or a new campaign because we know we know that that's going to come down the line and it's going to it's going to come across on our plate at some point in time or at least a designer's plate somewhere whether it be a vendor or another designer on our team we know that it's going to come our way there's going to be a designer that touches whatever the new product is whatever the new campaign is it's just inevitable uh, so getting ahead of it and doing that early research with or without your team or company, you know, whether or not they involve you or not, it, that is going to be key and crucial. So just a little little bit of advice. I encourage everybody to just kind of conduct your own research. Do, do it, turn it into a passion project, if anything, uh, and then share that project, though, 
with somebody at your company, some sort of leadership, whether it be your own or somebody else's. I kind of look at it as, you know, we all work for the same company. So if I bring something to the table, whether you use it or not, isn't going to hurt my feelings, but hey, here it is. This is what I thought of. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, after you conduct that initial research and say you are on that team, uh, this is where it became interesting to me is there is so much more research that continues to happen and is so true in the product world because you're constantly testing. And when you're testing, you're testing a couple things. You're testing that both qualitative and quantitative like data and, and information. So you want to test to make sure things are functioning appropriately for say, you know, some sort of interface. Uh, but you also want to test kind of how people feel about it. Is it kind of vibing with them in a way? Is it is it useful to them? Does it feel useful to them? Does it feel like it's something that they're going to continue to use at this phase? So there's a there's a, still that it's research ultimately. And, and when you're you're doing these tests, something that I've noticed is you you do the tests and you actually begin to analyze them a lot like that early research that you did before the project even started. And you have to break it down in a way that's digestible for not just you, but also for anybody else that's interested in seeing it. And this is, this is so important, especially when it comes to tests, to break down and kind of analyze those key findings and put them together in a couple ways. Number one, ways where you can translate it and hand it off to the developers and the, the, the designers that are working on a project, but also in a way where you are able to convey what the research findings were, what the test findings were to senior or executive leadership, because they kind of need to be in the know, you know, and, and they end up speaking to this to many other people, I'm sure, uh, C-suite people or people out, you know, investors, whoever it may be, you know, they need to be knowledgeable in this as well. And so that, that delivery of your research is so critical and I think if you have a visual design background, it helps a lot because even an Excel sheet can become this beautiful work of art that's so easy to understand. Um, but you can also you know, deliver it in a nice, beautiful uh, presentation deck, uh, like a PowerPoint deck, or a, I prefer InDesign and PDFs, but that's just my personal preference. Um, but it helps us, you know, we're masters at visual communication anyway, uh, a lot of us are at least. And when you're trying to convey your research and your tests, it, it really, it kind of, how, how should I say it? We can really shine and we can really kind of influence the right decisions by the way we convey our research and the way that we convey our tests. And I feel like as, especially if you have a visual design background, it, you're going to really be able to, it sounds crazy and it doesn't, it's not shady or anything, but you have to sell that research, you know, because you may convey something like, okay, this is what our users think. This is what uh, the, the market thinks and, and wants, and, and this is what the user wants. Uh, but sometimes you have people that may try to override that. They may think, well, no, we don't want to do that. You know, let's just do it this way. Um, but if you really sell that idea and you really make it look good and the, and the research in the right way look really good, it's going to be hard to argue against it. But the same is true afterwards. And this is something I haven't really toyed around with too much. Um, generally, it's been reports mainly on campaigns or it's been reports from 
just analytics of, of how many people are using something, but conducting research after something launches is another big research phase, in my opinion. It's the third and another very important one that I think a lot of us might miss. And it's more of a reporting, but it is a bit of research because you're not just reporting, well, this is what happened and this is where it is. But as a designer, you're also analyzing and looking at a way to use that information to maybe shift uh, a design or, or fix some usability issues or you know, there's another phase coming up of something and, and you're going to take that information and those analytics from after something launches and you're going to pick it apart and you're going to figure out basically what worked, what didn't, and how to implement something better the next time around. And it's really a phase of research. You know, it's, it's, it's weird that, you know, we don't look at it as research. We don't look at these all these different phases as research. We kind of see research as only something in the beginning, but it ends up being this huge holistic thing. Uh, and this is just my own opinion here, but it looks to be this huge holistic thing of, you know, the beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, and all of, the, all of that is research that you're just going to gather and it's going to continue to build up and pile up. And you're going to have all these amazing findings and amazing insight on your users and or on your uh, consumers if you're marketing to somebody. Um, but that, that last phase, I think, is really important. And that's where those that delivery of making sure that you deliver that research, deliver those, those analytics in a way that is going to sway the right decisions to be made to help the user, to help make the experience better. That, that presentation of that information is key because it may sound silly like, oh, they're just, you know, it's just organized pictures and clean typography and, you know, you know simplified, you know, breakdowns of, of, you know, visual data and all this stuff. But you'd be surprised how much of an influence that can have on feeling premium and selling the right way to do something. Um, so, so that's kind of, those are the, the three main stages. Now, when it comes to visual design, I don't really want to talk about that too much now. Um, but I think, you know, visual design, your research is going to come from mainly your, your marketing allies, which I kind of talked about last time um, on the podcast, was how you should be an ally with your marketing team and your salespeople. And if your marketing team has tools, they should have tools where they can at least track and analyze the digital campaigns and the digital pieces that they're creating. So you could take that information and create your own kind of uh, quantitative research of how, is that a thing? Yeah, quantitative research of, uh, of how something performed and what you can do to make it better. So here's why something didn't work, here's where it didn't work, here's where it did work. You'll be able to use that with the marketing tools. So visual designers, graphic designers, make sure you partner up with your marketers. Just saying. But back to product, you know, it's it's that that research that it's really that learning that never stops for us. You know, as a UX designer, as a or UI designer, even as developers, uh, you know, you start to kind of keep it top of mind all of this information that you're gathering, all of this research that you're gathering on your users to really make sure that everything you do aligns with what they want and what they need and how they use something. And I think the the, the reporting on it 
can also turn into, and it should turn into, this archive as well. So if you do it well, uh, you can archive all of your research. And uh, that's something that's I'm just starting to get into as well. And it's, it's actually really fun. It's really interesting. Uh, and I've seen other companies do this where they have just phenomenal websites that maybe they put together of research on their user base and they set standards and they set these guidelines and, and it could be both in experience or it could be in the visuals too. And actually it should be in both and, and usually it is. But putting that research that you've hopefully well documented will be a lot easier to put into this archive where you can always have people come in and pull from it. And we can't be expected to remember everything. So you kind of do need this good archival system. And the general way that most of us end up doing that though is through something like a website that we host that's privately hosted or you know password protected and things like that uh, on, on our, our research. Uh, but the other way you could do it too is just simply by having you know consistent uh, uh, documents where it's the same template in all these documents of all the research that you're gathering. So you can open up any document and you can see, you know, a beginning, a middle, and end, and, and what each of those pieces, you know, have. Like the intro, here's what we did, here's what we found, here's some key points. Okay, now here's more detail on each of those. Um, you know, that's something that I've noticed has been super helpful. Uh, and then same with the, even the presentation decks that you put together, they should be pretty similar from one, one deck to the other. Uh, that way, you know, there, there isn't a lot of deciphering. And that's visual and in like how much information you put in there. Um, but it, it's, kind of, it's kind of exciting to like think that you're, you're basically building your own library, your own encyclopedia of your, own, of your users and of who's, who's utilizing the products that you're making. Uh, and I know some of, some of you might have that already out there. Some of us don't have it. Some of us have started it, um, but it's not as in-depth. There's not years and years of research. I know, I think Google actually has uh, research. Well, no, that's more of their brand guidelines, but they do include some research in there as well. Um, but mainly for like their material design guidelines. They, they have a lot of research in there as well, uh, but they're mainly just kind of follow these, these rules. And, and here's why you should. Uh, so beginning, middle, and end, and just making sure that endpoint you are archiving everything for future reference. So that way you're also not reinventing the wheel either. Now, I never thought that I would get this excited about research, um, and especially the fact that once I realized that there's, there's so many phases of it, and even though it may be called different things, it's all ultimately research. And you're all, you know, we're all gathering it together and archiving it and creating this summary at the end of the day of everything that we've done from beginning to middle to end. Uh, but the process of, of that I've started to, started to follow, and I think this is gonna probably change a little bit more as time goes on. And, and it's the process of, of the steps of how I conduct that research. And, and really, I think this is probably pretty common sense and in some cases I've read about this similar these similar steps but um, really I've, I've found that there's four steps to, to doing your research and at least as a designer you know if you're an uh, analyst if you're an actual researcher you probably have way more than this but as a designer if you're conducting the research yourself before during and after a project project or product uh, you know there's definitely some organization that we need and it, we can do it I think in really four steps and that's planning uh, then conducting that research 
analyzing it and then delivering it. And I've already touched on the delivering of, of the research a little bit as well um, and how important that is. But the planning, I didn't realize how much planning actually goes into something, especially something like a test or a survey or something like that. There is a lot of planning that goes on. I mean, you, you can't just whip these things up. I mean, you really need to think this through. And even in the beginning research, before something has even started to be worked on, you need to plan what you're trying to find. What is the goal of, of, of this initial research besides relevance? And if there is a need for it in the market, you know, what are the things that you're looking for specifically that the user is trying to accomplish or that the user really uh, needs help with? Um, and then plan out how you're going to find those things and what you would measure as success in that early research. Uh, and, and the same goes for at the end too, you know, that measurement of success, which is usually defined, you know, at the beginning or halfway through a project sometimes or product launch. Uh, but you got to figure out how, you know, plan out how you're going to measure that success and how you're going to gather that information and analyze it and be like, okay, yes, this worked or no, it didn't work. Um, but I think, I think the planning part especially is true though in, in that middle stage when you're actually testing and you're gathering that information, my God, there is so much planning that needs to be done. Just even on the questions, if you're doing user testing, the questions alone can take you hours to sift through and just refine and make sure that you're asking the right stuff uh, and not giving too much information or too many hints and are you wording it correctly and is it clear? And then you end up staring at it too long and you have to run it by somebody else because just to have those fresh eyes on it. Uh, and then after you're finally done planning in every single one of these phases, you can start actually conducting it. In the early stage, you can actually start doing that research and going out there. Usually we end up on the internet first thing. You start sending out surveys, uh, things like that. Um, but conducting that research and actually uh, you know, putting out there, that, that actually happens pretty fast usually. That, I've, that's what I've noticed at least. The fastest phase is conducting the research. The planning takes a long time, the analyzing, takes even longer usually and uh and then the delivery can take just as long as as the you know the planning or analyzing depending on how many people you need to show it to or talk about your findings to uh but the conducting is it happens pretty fast once it's out there it's out there uh, the early stages are probably a little bit longer because you are conducting more kind of digging through more of, of research that's out there already uh, or asking people things so I guess that could take a little bit, a little bit of time as well. Uh, but then the analyzing, the analyzing is is super tricky. And I'll say this: if you actually have an analytics team in your company and you have the opportunity to work with them, you should become like best friends with them because they are phenomenal people that do not think like us designers. You know, they they think in in ways that we would never see in some of these numbers and analytics. And this is mainly true. Um, in analyzing at the end result of a product or a campaign. Uh, that's really where they're going to come in. Uh, but then they can also help out a lot too, as, as I found out in uh, planning and, and making sure that you're planning and that your questions and that you're, you know, what you're looking for and where you're looking for it, uh, they can really help you a lot with that. Um, and, and usually it's kind of, kind of the, the, research that's just going to be backed up mainly by numbers, but it's good research to have. Um, and, and they'll be able to kind of 
help you sift through the ideas and, and what's relevant and what's not to say the, you know, a business itself. Uh, but then back to the, the middle phase there of doing that research and, and testing, the analyzing can take a very, very long time. And this is also the one I found the most fun. Like when you're actually testing something and say you have a recorded test or a recorded session and you're, you're watching the user interact with something you created uh, and you're analyzing that and you're kind of gathering your own research from it to find you know, action items from it, that is the, it's so much fun to, to watch and to learn because there's things that people are gonna point out in your design that you just will not, you, you've never seen. And nobody who's touched this design in the company has seen yet. But that user touches it for five minutes and they already find a problem. It's amazing, you know, or they find something they really, really like. And you may be surprised. You may find that they actually find something that you've done that you think maybe is just common practice or, yeah, it should, we should throw that in there. And they end up really liking it. And more and more people say, well, this is great. I'm glad you did this. Um, you know, I, I do have one example, but I, I'm not going to share it, but I, I feel like just even the littlest things can delight a user and can make their experience just a little bit more enjoyable and cause a little bit less friction. Um, so that when the time does come where you have something that isn't working properly or that you may be overlooked, uh, you know, they're probably a little more forgiving. Uh, so it's, it's a little, a little important to have that. Um, in there. But anyway, analyzing it, it can take an absolute eternity to go through this. I mean, for instance, if you're doing user testing and you are, you have recorded sessions, okay, say each one is a half hour, 45 minutes. You have to watch that half hour, 45 minutes, but it's not going to take a half hour, 45 minutes. It's going to take an hour to an hour and a half because the whole time you're recording and writing down and analyzing that test and you're gathering that research and writing down your own research based on that test. So it, it really is like, it, it can take a long time to go through just five or six sessions of, of testing. Uh, so be ready for that. If you haven't done that or you're just getting into user testing, um, you know, whether it be in person or if it's online, it, whatever it may be, um, get ready for, uh, for at least a full day if you're doing just a handful of tests because uh, it, it can take a while, but it's so much fun. I mean, it is so much fun to go through that. And you wouldn't think it'd be fun to see your designs in some cases be pulled apart uh, or you know, you're thinking, okay, this could be really bad or it could be really good or it could be kind of in the middle. Um, but you know, no matter what I've noticed, even if a design, it goes horribly, horribly wrong, it's still so exciting to see somebody interact with it and just call these things out and you know you're doing this in the middle of your fit in, in the middle of the project. This is research that's happening in the middle of the project. So before it launches, more than likely you're gonna be able to fix these things. And these are things that, you know, probably thousands of people would have noticed anyway. But you at least now only have like one or two or five that are noticing it. Uh, so that 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 analyzing is it's fun when it comes to that that middle middle phase. Uh, and then the delivery, I won't talk more about the delivery, but the, the delivery can take quite a while. Um, you know, and as a visual designer with a visual design background, and you really want to make that delivery look good so that it reads well, so that it conveys the point appropriately and it emphasizes the importance 
um, you know, it, that that can take a little bit of while uh, or a little while to uh, to get through that. I know for me in particular, when I'm putting together a PowerPoint deck or something uh, based on research that I've done or based on the results of a project or a product uh, outcome, I there's a lot to go through. Um, and, and that goes back to, you know, those early stages of research. You got to make sure you have everything organized appropriately and documented appropriately. So you're not scrambling to try to find stuff and you don't lose anything either. Um, and th again, it could be either on a, your own internal site or it could be, uh, you know, just this nice file system that you have of PDFs and, you know, Word docs, whatever it may be. Uh, there, you, we're creative. We, we can find ways to do it. And to me, I don't think there's any wrong or right way. There's definitely better ways to do it. Um, I think an online system that is able to be locked and password protected, but shared with the appropriate people is probably the most valuable thing uh, because it can be updated for everybody at once. And it can also be shared with vendors who will need that research. And you kind of want to maybe shed that light a little bit more into them or on, you know, onto the, uh, shed that light a little more for them on the particular thing that you're you're looking to, to build or create. So I'll wrap up the this episode of, of research and stuff to focus more on us designers. So I mean, you know, we, we have these different phases. Sometimes we have people that can conduct this research for us. You know, if you have a UX researcher, you're probably not going to be doing a lot of this research yourself, uh, but you are going to be learning about it. You are going to be uh, analyzing it and trying to figure out the right actions from it. So it's still relevant. Um, but for a lot of us, we don't have that luxury of having, say, a UX researcher or having uh, an actual dedicated uh, full-scale research team for every single project that comes across. But, um, you know, for us designers, though, I think the, the, biggest, the biggest takeaway from this is get yourself in there at the, at the first research phase at that early, early research, if you can, just get yourself in there. Get, get a seat at the table, even if you don't have anything to contribute, because it's only gonna help you down the road. You know, it may seem like a waste of time to sit in meetings and sit in that initial phase of ideation and research and things like that, and to maybe find out later that, you know what, this there isn't a demand for a certain product, there isn't a demand for a certain uh, enhancement or, or campaign or whatever it may be, so we're not gonna do it anyway, uh, but, if it does happen, you're going to be armed with the same knowledge and that same uh, information that other teams had from their, their own research. But I think more importantly, though, we can, as designers, bring a lot more to the table, especially us, you know, when it comes to product and the product world. Uh, you know, product designers have a, a lot of understanding of the user, um, and we have a lot of understanding of uh, kind of friction points and things that other people in the business may not understand or may not know. And we definitely don't have all the answers, but we can at least bring that firsthand knowledge of how somebody interacts with something to the table to help maybe find out whether or not uh, the need is actually there for, for something before it even gets started. Um, but it, it helps, you know, and, and to me too, it also, if you do your own research ahead of time, kind of on the side, uh, before something starts, it gets you more excited about it. You, you get more, in, you're more engaged and you're more excited about something. Uh, at least I found I am, you know, I, I become more passionate. It becomes more personal to me because I'm like, well, I, I've, I discovered these things. And then 
if you get in the, involved in the project eventually, you can compare notes with other people's research and um, either, you know, combine them or, or, you know, whatever it may be. It's just, you feel more invested in it. You know, it doesn't feel like it's just another piece of production work crossing your plate. It's just, it's your own thing too, that you've invested this time into understanding. And, uh, and that's, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Uh, so I think when you, when you think of research as a designer, just remember not to think of it as this initial stage and it happens at the beginning of a project and then it's done because it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it, it goes on throughout the project and it goes on after the project ends or after the product launches, it's always happening. It, like, it always is. And it can be so much fun. It could be also very, very overwhelming if the research is delivered in just a bunch of Excel spreadsheets. Uh, but for mainly in UX in particular, it's not going to be delivered in numbers and Excel sheets that much. It's going to be delivered in actual reactions and behaviors of people. And that's just fascinating to me. Like, it's just amazing to kind of, you know, get out of your own little bubble, get out of your own bias and just understand what somebody of a different age, how they interact with a phone, um, how physical limitations, uh, change the way that they interact with a, a computer or you know i mean it's 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 so fascinating and then then the exciting part begins where you think of ways to design around those or to help uh not combat but kind of embrace those challenges and make it easier for the user and more delightful for the user it, it, it's just you don't know unless you do the research so do your research that's it that's really all this was you know just just do your research all the time, before, during, and after a project or product. Always do your research. So that's all I got. Uh, I'll just, you know, this would have been a really good drinking game if I just told you to take a drink every time I said the word research, because I think I said it about, you know, 30,000 times in this uh, podcast. But it's something that I, I valued before, but I think I value even more, I know I value even more now as a uh, product designer uh, and especially working in the world of, of UX, that research and that understanding of a user, it's just fascinating and so much fun. Um, and I think a lot of us would have a lot of fun if we end up getting more, more involved in it. Um, and if you have a researcher, which someday I hope to actually have a, be on a team where we have a dedicated like UX researcher, uh, I'm curious how you work with that researcher. Uh, so that's, that's my question to you. If you work with a UX researcher, what's that like? How do you do it? How, how often are you engaged with them? Are you engaged with them as much as, uh, you know, as you are with a developer, uh, which is, can be a lot and almost all the time, uh, or, you know, is it just, they kind of come and go when you need them and that's it. Uh, how does that work? Uh, so let me know, email me, uh, at chat at joshuareach.com. And uh, maybe in the next episode, I'll go ahead and kind of recap on this and, and do a little, uh, this is what we found about you know, UX researchers and what it's like to work out there. Or if you are a UX researcher, uh, how do you, like, how, what is your day-to-day -day world like and how do you work with designers in particular when it comes to your research? Um, I mean, I, I have, you, know, you can read articles online, you can you know, talk to other people, but I'm curious kind of to anybody listening out there 
just what's your own experience like uh, as a researcher or working with researchers. So until next time, uh, my name is Josh Reach, and this has been Design Chat with Josh. I hope everybody has a wonderful week, and I'll see you next week.